0: uh thank you so much everyone for showing up uh yeah. Yeah, this is actually uh what we hope to be our weekly podcast here on msw hopefully soon to be named something else mm-hmm. uh, <coughs> uh er- eric money penny wanted to call this the Miles stroth work show <coughs> yes that's that was my response exactly <laughs> a terrible terrible idea uh What's going to happen every week uh, is I'm going to interview whoever I wind up doing the one-night stand show with. And this week, what I usually say before that show, they get to play with a great player from around town. Uh, always a good player. And this week, a couple of, a couple of players that I've, I've known for a while.
1: Couple a couple of up-and-comers. couple
0: up-and-comers. Yeah, from, rookies. From here at the workshop. Uh, Brian O'Connell and Emily Candini. Yay! Yay! Ah, uh, my, ver- my voice sounds very high to me.
1: It mm. sounds very high. It's
0: very high to me.
1: Mine like, sounds lower than hi, yours. Hi, it's, it's welcome to the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask a couple of questions. <laughs> the, the
2: NPR of improv. Like, yeah. Oh, hey, Here we are.
0: No, uh, so uh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll start off with saying that, like, I've known Emily. Actually, not as long. I've known you for maybe what eight years, something like that, back in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, I we met probably
1: you? met about eight years ago.
0: And I've known Brian for about ten or twelve.
2: Uh, we met uh, late 2003. Oh, now I got to do math. All right, yeah. so. 12,
0: twelve yeah uh, yeah, and what I find well i 'll just a- ask you guys because we, we have let's see if you can guess which one of these two people thinks more like me <laughs> uh, we we are all teachers here at the at the workshop, uh and Emily actually, uh, I wanted to teach her because she teaches what I consider to be the opposite of me uh the way i think she teaches more like mcnapier out of the annoyance theater in chicago which is a style i think that isn't represented well in los angeles and i want i definitely want it to be a part of the program uh emily how do you perceive yourself to be different from brian and i within the program i mean just basically the the, the schools of thought what's the big thing with the annoyance and the you know the the power stuff
1: um yeah well i mean uh i ju- it's just i think the biggest thing is that you guys are wrong about improvisation. <laughs> All kidding. right. Game on. Game on. Um, no, I, I approach the work. It, the weird thing is, is we have a lot of similarities and we do agree on a lot of things. It's just that I feel. Uh, that improvisation is built brick by brick. Um, I don't follow anyone's initiation. I don't expect them to follow mine. I think two of us can come out with two completely different ideas or nothing at all and create something really beautiful. Uh, and I think that's one of the biggest things is I know you're big on like initiations and all that stuff. Uh,
0: actually the opposite of that.
1: Oh, See, here's the great thing. I don't know what Miles teaches. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> it, 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 it
1: and also that's actually very <laughs>
0: true i mean uh you might think I, like uh, that we all s- we've all know each other's stuff but M has never taken me at all
1: and miles has never taken my class i'm offended. That's right
0: <laughs> but i've taken mick uh, and
1: another big thing is i like people to start with absolutely nothing to me truly improvising is jumping out there before you have an idea you create as you move not before you move if you're thinking you're not improvising you're not playing
0: i teach that too that's the that's are very, we either, are we teaching that's very much the same, same, same. stuff <clears throat> no the the main difference because the way i that i always thought was what i learned from mick uh and i don't mean to say like you're just a copy of mick uh but i think it comes from that school i think it's a
2: fair thing to say well, she's a copy of susan messing that is so not true (laughs) true. you you,
1: one i don't think you know susan messing and two i think you don't know me (laughs) if you think i teach what susan messing teaches susan messing teaches something very different than what I teach. Um, It's very movement-based, which everyone who's taken me knows I hate. Um, I don't hate what she teaches, but it is very different. Mine is a lot headier. And I am very annoyance-based, but I'm also I.O. trained. When people ask me who taught me how to teach, Susan is definitely one of the people Mm -hmm. who I learned a lot from. Um, But Noah Gregoropoulos uh, taught me how to teach, and McNapier taught me how to teach in direct. Um, and while a lot of my theory is based in some annoyance theory, everything I do, I teach, uh, all of, almost all of my exercises, uh, were created by me. And it's my own theory because that's also what I preach to all my students is that you become only an individual improviser by forming your own theory on improvisation. If you attach yourself to somebody else's, you're just going to become a copy of theirs. Uh, it's really, really important for you to be an individual and to, develop your own beliefs and ideas about this stuff and that's why you, you go to every school and you figure out who you are as an improviser. And I agree. That's totally
2: with something that Susan would say. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like
1: you're only uh, saying that cuz you want to fha <laughs>
2: everybody.
0: And I uh, I I agree with everything you said and it's I always tell my students it's like Emily's going to say shit that I wouldn't say. Uh, but you have to realize, because to me, like the the main part of that is that you are able to empower yourself in any given moment. And the only separation, the only distinction that I like to make is that I like to make that moment the moment after I've listened to the other player, right? Uh, and because in, in listening to them, I hear their idea, I, I hear what they want, uh, and since I can become strong at any time, why not? Give Give the person who started the scene that opportunity. because to me like if if two people come on stage both with something, then they're gonna have to I mean, I know it can be made to work, right? You could take two good players and give them both a direction here's here, here's two shitty moves at the top of the scene. make it work. They could make it work. Uh, but if you put two people on stage, both coming on with their own unique idea, then they're gonna have to figure out how to get them together. Rather than just following whoever started the scene,
1: that's the beauty of improv. <laughs> that's what makes it difficult and fun and interesting. Is that it's, it's not, not just like oh, I don't want to make I'll it difficult. Thug.
0: I I, I want to make I it, it as easy like as possible. It.
1: Oh no, I like it to be hard because then you get to get to those things, those different worlds, those different planes and realms that you wouldn't get to if you just played out to one person's idea.
0: No, but it, that's <laughs> the, <laughs> that's such.
2: I knew this is exactly how this was gonna fucking go. I knew. Uh, oh, I'm
0: well. So what happy. you're saying is that the, the only way to get to those places is to start in, in some fucked up way, uh, and you don't have to do that because you can get to all those places. You start by following someone. Actually, you get to get there faster because now you're already moving in the same direction, uh, and it's always gonna get to new places because there's two people on stage. No matter how it starts, you can't completely predict what the other person is gonna do. Uh, so it doesn't limit the places y- you can get to, uh, in in doing that. So you're wrong. All right, now Brian. <laughs> now Brian. Yes. Uh, who who's the greatest? Impro- What's your greatest improvisational influence?
2: Uh, Tj Jagodowski. You uh, son no. of a bitch. No. Um... Although I will admit that I, uh, the biggest improv nerd on the planet, is I sat next to you and TJ talking about math and colors for like forty-five minutes, and then I was like, I gotta go away. Oh, that argument we had in Phoenix. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. great. Um, I uh, am totally, I am all about math. I'm all about science. I like to think of improv as like a beautiful mind, and it's just all these, uh, crazy things. Like, uh, for me, what I believe in improv is I believe in like three simple. Simple. Uh, I believe in three things. Mo- uh, mostly our job as improvisers is to replicate recognizable human behavior and present it on the stage in such a way that the audience can realize their own humanity, reveal that revelation through the form of laughter, so that we can have a longer discussion and deeper transaction of ideas and heal the world. Uh, too, long, don't, too long didn't read version, be interesting. Um, I also teach that uh, your thoughts and feelings are valid. Uh, if you're thinking it, you're allowed to say it. If you're feeling it, you're allowed to act on it. Uh, And I believe that all improv can come basically down to 10 basic questions, which is, who am I? Who are you? How do I feel about myself? How do you feel about yourself? How do you really feel about me? How do I really feel about you? Where are we? What are we doing? And those two are low on the list for a reason, because without the previous six, it doesn't provide any context. Activity and environment provide context. Um, What is it about these two people that would lead them to live the rest of their lives unhappy and or unfulfilled? It uh, doesn't mean everything has to be about blood cancer, but it just has to be something that can't be fixed in 30 seconds. So there's growth to it. And the last question is the question the audience is asking every 7 to 10 seconds, which is, why am I watching this? Why am I watching this? Okay, there's two people on stage. I understand that. Why am I watching this? Okay, they're mother and daughter. That's a race, That's a relationship I understand. Why am I watching this? Oh, it's prom night. I'm familiar with the concept of prom. Why am I watching this? Mom doesn't like her daughter's prom date. Mom doesn't like her daughter's prom date because he's black. Mom's a racist. Oh, okay, why am I watching this? More of that. Um that's, that's for me for improv, but when I go and play, I forget all of that, um, and I just go out there and just react. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the, the, that's the, I mean, it's, it's funny. I, I, I was sitting here thinking, you're saying too much too fast. And I was thinking, the, the audience, I'm sure, and to be fair, is like, how much of that are you gonna remember? right he just, he just said a whole bunch of shit uh that's too much to remember but he's, he summed it up exactly right and anyone in the room there's plenty in the room who've had me is that that's what i think the training of improv is is mm-hmm. to think about improv to analyze it like crazy when you're off stage but then like the last thing i do before i play is i, I chuck it all right because th- that's the training the training is you the training becomes you and your reaction. So when you walk on stage, there's no, there's, there's no point in trying anymore. I yeah. think that's the way people fuck it up the most is when they, they basically think they can be faster than they are. Yeah, uh, I mean,
2: I look at it as like I'm a musician as well, so I'm like, in your room for six hours, that's when you run your scales and learn theory and all that. And then when you're on Madison Square Garden in front of a you know thirty thousand people, just fucking rock out. No one's thinking like, all right. I'm going to play this A minor pentatonic scale, and then to a Lydian, it's like, no, you're gonna run around like cl- crazy, uh, and, you know, you know, be Metallica. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be Metallica at all times.
1: <laughs> you, need, you're, you need to get out of improv.
2: <laughs> nope.
1: no, no rock stars here.
2: Th- that, I think that
0: that's a classic thing that happens though across improv, no matter how you study it, is you, you run across an idea that is a little more complex than you're used to, or it's something new, and then you focus on it so much that you bring it on stage. You bring that thinking on stage, and then that stops you from playing. It took me literally 25 years to finally let go of thinking on stage. Because uh, I, was, I, I was able to think and play at the same time. right? And it wasn't as good as I think I am now, uh, but I was able to do it. But it did, it did handicap me because I, that means I didn't hear certain things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a headache for two years. Uh, just okay, from basically. It a true story. It, it was a true story. I had a headache for two fucking years. and It was, it was, it was primarily because I would, almost always I do a show. And since I was thinking of it so much, it would piss me off the show. <laughs> uh, I'd be about half as happy as I was pissed off when I came off stage. Because I was like, w- why were none of those people thinking? Why didn't they get what was going on? Uh, whereas I wasn't just playing and it really wasn't until just like five years ago that I finally just said, you know what, I just fuck it, it was really because I was tired because mm-hmm. <laughs> I have kids and I was tired I remember it was, it was, I, was, I was playing with uh, Heather, Heather N. Campbell and I, I was doing a show with her and basically I said, look, it's late I'll play, but I'm too tired to try so I'm, I'm just going to play <laughs> right, and we did the show and it was great and I was like, oh yeah, right, that thing I teach I should do that thing I teach. So, so far me and Brian are winning and
2: Emily's losing. Yeah.
1: Oh, really? Because I'm the one having the best time. Yes.
2: <laughs> it's not a competition. Who's though. my biggest
1: comedy influence? Me. Me.
2: Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do you want to look at some of those questions?
0: Oh, yeah, let's look at. We have some questions from the audience. I think eventually we're going to get them from the internet, which will be cool <laughs> and technical. Uh, let's see. How has being an improviser impacted your life?
2: <laughs> the question is...
0: The question is, how <laughs> has being an improviser impacted your life? <laughs> well, the, the good thing about getting, about, about getting questions off the net is... Uh, we won't have to read someone's handwriting. Uh, how has it impacted my life? Uh, it's it's basically who who I am professionally. I've been doing it now for about thirty years, uh, for so more than half my life. Uh, how's it impacted my life? It defines me, uh, in in a lot of ways. Uh, I can't uh, outside of you know being married and having children. There's nothing that has impacted my life more. Impacted is such an aggressive fucking word. (laughs)
2: You tell me what improv it's, did to you. Well, yeah, it's, that's what it sounds like. It sounds what like, did improv
0: do to you? Improv bent me over and let me have it.
2: Uh, so how has improv impacted your lives? I always, and this is going to sound super hippy-dippy, even though I'm not, uh, I always tell people that improv saved my life. Um, from the ages of 13 or 24, I thought about killing myself every day of my life. And the best acting you saw was every time you saw me. Because uh, I looked like a happy-go-lucky guy, but I wasn't. Uh, and then finally, like, uh, the, my fiance left me like three months after I moved here and I was like, well, I'm not going to kill myself now. I might as well not. Um, so I, I fucked around for three years running pool halls and doing uh shady shit after, after the night, I made a lot of money running games. Uh, and then I found, uh, I found IO a girl I uh, dated in college. I stayed friendly with was like, Hey, come see this show. Uh, and I said, okay, what time is it? She was like, Sunday night at 11. I was like, well, I don't have HBO, so I won't be watching The Sopranos. Yeah, I'll fucking come see your show. And they just happened to have the greatest show they've ever done. I was like, I want to do that. And then got into class, and it was the first thing I'd ever found that said it was okay for me to be me. Uh, that, you know, you are invaluable. You're the only person we have. No, no one else has your thoughts, your feelings, your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your morals, your ethics, your history. If you don't bring you to the stage, we won't get it from anyone else. And I, uh, it's the first time i would ever believed it. Uh, that I was worthy that um, do that. And then, yeah, here I am 12 years later, still doing it. So um, that's how it's impacted my life. It's, it means I'm actually alive. Like, I didn't, I didn't eat a bullet. So it's much.
0: Now I feel like my answer
2: was dumb. Emily!
1: <laughs> um, it ruined my life. <laughs> I'll probably kill myself because of improv. (laughs) Uh, No, I saw improv. I moved to Chicago. um, I don't fucking know when. 1842. Mm -hmm. And uh, I moved there for theater. And I'd done comedy pretty much my whole life. I always knew I wanted to be in comedy since pretty much birth. Um, I used to set up my own Tonight Show set in front of my family at the age of like two And pretend I was Johnny Carson. Uh, So I always knew what I was going to do. But I moved to Chicago for theater, and I ended up stumbling upon Improv Olympic. Some asshole came next door and was like, you want to come see a show? (laughs) And uh, because I was next door having a cup of coffee at a diner because I was very poor. And I went in and saw a show, and that night I saw Emily Wilson perform, who I still and probably always will think is one of the... uh, and she is one of the greatest fucking improvisers that has ever lived. Uh, and I saw her and I literally stood up off the bar stool and went, that's what I'm going to do um, for a few reasons, because it was it seemed pretty fucking cool. And it also looked really easy. I was like, that looks way easier than theater. You just show up and cut off jean shorts and m- make toot jokes. Sign me up for class. It
0: was easy for you, too. Because, I mean, as far as what I know of you, it was like Emily was pretty much kind of a, like a monster right out of the gate. Uh,
1: yeah, much. I walked in and they were like, get up there. Yeah. And then I was like, what?
0: It's funny. How, very few people are like that. There, there are some, but, I mean, she was definitely one who just you know came in. It's like it was easy for her. Uh, for me, it wasn't at all. I had to work for years. Uh, I sucked hard for about four years before I started to become what I would call even a functional improviser. <laughs> Uh, so fuck you for being so good out of the gate.
1: Sorry. Let's go to
0: another question. Yes. <laughs> what would you say? Why is this written in a light green fucking pen? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say your identity is as a theater, given that all of teaching i can't wait till they're fucking typed or something it's you like know? it's
2: like learning that's watching someone learning to yeah. read <laughs> <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> the whole podcast
0: yeah. is basically me <laughs> trying to prove that i can this read this is
2: officer barbara learning how to read so he can take out yeah. the chicken all right. fucker
1: miles all right, you're, so. you're so you're so brave right <laughs> now
0: thank you thank you very much all right what would you say your identity is the theater given that all of teaching styles and philosophies are so different, so basically, what's our identity as a theater, given that all teach oh since all of our teaching styles are oh, so oh, are, are, okay. are, 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 are so different uh, well to me it's 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 that yeah, it is different it's purposely different the main re I, I wanted Emily primarily to represent what I think is is the other important thing, right uh I've got enough math and me me and Brian have enough math math and form. For everybody, but we did. We I think we I wanted a strong annoyance theater influence, just because that's actually how I learned it. I mean, I learned freedom and character and to not give a fuck from McNapier, uh, and then I learned more about what I felt was my responsibility uh, on stage from Del Close. Uh, so I wanted both those things represented, and I, and I don't I I definitely want to be a place that isn't afraid to have different thinking in the building uh me and emily i mean basically what we said at the top We're basically she, she wants to start the scene with two different things and i i think that's a terrible idea uh <coughs> it's not an unworkable idea i just i just I, to me if i look at it logically it doesn't make sense uh but i know she still is going to think that and that's fine because it you know it does work right uh and i i, I like that people get too aggressive opinions that, that, that are not necessarily in total agreement although at the same time like like i would say t- toward that like i use the annoying stuff you know all the time i just use it just, as, as soon as i know what i think i'm supposed to do then i go full tilt annoyance and, yeah. I'm just, I'm, and i
1: use the io stuff all the time yeah. like when i teach i tell my students follow your gut first number one then your heart second and don't even use your head um and to me the heart is the a lot of the io stuff uh, the heart, the bigger ideas, the bigger thoughts, affecting change. Um, yeah, and wanting to say something with your improvisation.
2: I think part of our identity here as well is that um, we don't have a set curriculum. We allow the work to progress, and as it becomes new, then we'll add that into it. Um, <clears throat> a lot of a lot of stuff I see because uh, it's not the only place I teach, but also I see a lot of people like trying to like, okay, I want to do it the right way. It's kind of like. It's kind of like going to see your friend's version of uh, Shakespeare play. There's the one where, like, they're trying to do something different, like they're doing Hamlet or they're doing uh, Julius Caesar, but they're doing it set in, like, the 1930s, and they rented out the bottom <laughs> of an Italian joint, and they're <laughs> kind of doing, like, they're all dressed up like gangsters. Uh, then you see people, like, who are trying to do it the exact way they did it at Stratford-Von-Avon, like, all those years ago, and I'm like, yeah, but it progresses. Like, uh, trying to, like, recreate that. Um... There's a, there's a, there's a, this is going to sound shitty, uh, but real quick, there's a, there's a great Star Trek documentary whose name, uh, I'm <laughs> <coughs> I'm fucking running. All right, Emily. Yeah, no, <laughs> hold on, quick, real quick. He says, um, there are three types of people that watch Star Trek and, uh, became enamored with it. Uh, the first are, uh, the scientists, uh, the ones who thought about like the, the being able to explore different places and, uh, and you know all the different science and stuff like that. And those people grew up to become scientists and astronauts and all that. Same. And then there's a group of people who are the artists or so the creativity who love the idea of the world coming together, all different races and cultures and there being no money anymore. And those are the ones that become the actors and the painters and the th- uh, the playwrights. And then there's the third group there's the third group that don't have the talent to be either one of those things, but they just love it so much, and that's why they're at Star Trek conventions. They write, they write. it sounds fucked up, but they write fan fiction, but they use characters from, uh, they use Spock, they use Kirk, and they just make themselves like an ensign. They just want to be on the ship, like working in the basement, or like working in the kitchen. And I feel like if you're trying to do improv the exact same way they did it 25 years ago, you're you're really just saying I'm just the guy in the red shirt that's going to die first when we go to the planet. Like, I don't want to I mean, I don't want to be the guy that quotes Dell that never met him. But like, I, there are certain times where I feel like Dell would watch it, walk in and be like, are you guys still doing the fucking Herald? It's like I did that 25 years ago. Yeah, progress- I died and you guys are still doing this shit. Like, thanks. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think. The evolution of comedy and improvisation is a huge part of it. Uh, I think the biggest difference between us and the other schools uh, is that we teach uh, what we've created. We're not teaching exercises that were created by somebody 30 years ago that we've never met, we have no understanding of. Uh, Our work is our work, and I am the next Del Close.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Next question. Next. We gotta do a show at some point too.
0: Right. <laughs> All right. This is a, this is a dumbass question. All right. great. You
1: can skip some.
0: No, no, yeah. I'm not gonna. I want to take them in. <laughs> We
1: have a pile. I was gonna skip
0: we'll the skip ones I can, like like this one. I, I can't fucking read, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read this one. <laughs> what is the most important thing to keep in mind before a herald audition? <laughs> the most important thing to keep in mind before a herald audition is that you shouldn't having to audition to be on a fucking team uh, that whole process cracks me up uh, I'm just like next question yeah next question <laughs> what do you think of short form I think short forms great I think mm-hmm. short form particularly in the, in the history of uh, improvisation if there was no short form there wouldn't be long form uh, I studied short form for two years at Second City. Uh, definitely, was beneficial. And I think, like back in the day, there's a lot of people who's like, I don't do short form. I do long form. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I'm I'm a, I'm an in, I'm an intelligent. Yeah. motion. Yeah. <laughs> long yeah. long form was interesting. Short form bores me because I'm performing a herald, and herald is not short form. You see, because it's a half an hour long. I know it's made up of an opening, which is a game, and then th- and then three scenes, which you know is a time dash game. And, and we separate the three beats of those streams of those three scenes, by, well, games. Uh, but when you put it all together, it's longer. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I remember even back in the day thinking, we shouldn't, I mean, I was like, isn't this just a bunch of games? I mean, I, I, I think it accomplished what it accomplished, but I mean, it was just a bunch of games put together. Yeah. Uh,
2: Yeah, I I have no problem with short form. I like short form. I like watching it. Uh, I prefer long form. (laughs) I say right after Miles said all that, I prefer long form just because I can't do a short form show about betrayal. But I will say, if you have to, if you feel like you have to shit on another art form or another theater to make you feel better about the thing that you're doing, then go fuck yourself. You're an asshole. And you could take it. You could
0: any game. Like I was thinking, like you, if if you did like a half hour, if you took, if you wanted to, you could do a half hour party quirks. Mm-hmm. But if you committed to it, not like a five minute game, yeah, you could make it into a half hour piece. Yeah, yeah.
2: cocktail party is a short form game. You stretch it out to thirty minutes. It's townies. I remember. I remember,
0: a, I remember the, the the family once did a, a half because we were told not to ever play this game again. we, we did a half hour cafeteria game. Just because we were told never play that game again. Like, you can't tell us what to do. So <laughs> the next show we did, we had a half-hour fucking cafeteria, which is a shitty game. It's that game where you you, you, you uh, hey, I'm getting some of the cafeteria and I misspeak, I tell you something and you speak it, you misspeak it to the next person. Uh, but we turned that into a half hour fucking show. Uh, just because we were told not to.
1: I love short form Uh, I do 24 hours of it straight every year for charity Um, and it doesn't look like short form because really great improvisers are doing it Um, and and I think yeah I think that's the thing a great improviser is a great improviser anytime I hear a long-form player say I don't like short form I don't do short form to me I equate it to hearing a novelist say I don't write sentences (laughs) Because if you can't play a fucking simple game, then you can't write the book. So, yeah.
0: That's great. Uh, Let's see. How is the dynamic between you three?
2: (laughs) Listen to this podcast.
0: Yes, how is the dynamic between you three? I mean, this this is basically... I mean, it's not only that we're players and teachers. Basically, here we're family. I mean... Mm -hmm. Emily watches my my kids comes over to my house uh I've known Brian for you know twelve years he's you know he, he's family he's one of my best friends uh and it's funny'cause that that's kind of been like the people who uh i've studied with this like i remember you know i i i work with a guy who i wanted to, I, I i moved in with him right uh the when i was on the family i i i mo- I, wound up, I moved in with flynn uh it was just like you become family and uh that's one of the things we definitely want to push in this place and we try to I, th- I think as far as going back to like what what identifies us, uh 'cause I'm pretty proud of the the level to which I believe we care about the people in front of us as far as when they're in our classes. Uh and and it's not like we try to like like we, we gotta convince them that we give a <laughs> shit about them. Um uh, mm, How th- can we I, convince I, I, them? I think we all legitimately just like we see human beings in front of us and again, going back to our teach, our teaching, we we have what we're going to teach, but we adjust it to the to the fucking person sitting in the seat in front of us, because yeah. uh, what do they need?
2: Yeah, one person more or less in my class, I'm going to teach that class completely differently, and I totally believe that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think too often in teaching, the the passion of the teacher is more for what they know and less for what the person in front of them needs. Ugh. I think that's about all all the time we have for this one. We'll be back next week, uh, and I guess right now we're going to do a set for you. Yeah. Hold on a second.